Uh, we'll start with chapter 1, and we'll go through, see what he says. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. There's something about that that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because John says something similar when he opens his gospel, right? The word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You kind of get hear that connection there, don't you? And we handled the word of life. He was conscious that Jesus was the living word. And he had had the privilege to walk with him, to be his buddy and be, see the miracles, be a firsthand eyewitness. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness. He was a living eyewitness. He was still one who had seen Jesus and seen the miracles and walked with him. He still had that memory, and I don't believe it faded. I think it was something that, yeah, just gripped his existence every day. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. In other words, he's saying, I saw it with my own eyes. Can't deny it, you know. <laughs> um, when we've seen something firsthand, other people can discredit it or say, no, that could never be, or they can say whatever they want. They can't change our mind when we've seen something with our own eyes, right? And it's like that with answers to prayer. When we've seen God answer our prayer and we've seen it and experienced it ourselves, nobody can tell us that it's not worth it to pray or that God doesn't answer prayer. Nobody can convince you of that because you've experienced it. You've seen it. And you can go, well, you don't have to believe me, but I know. I know what God has done for me, right? So this is what John's saying. That which we have seen and heard declare we to you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So what he's saying here is what we've seen and heard uh, you know, I want to share it with you. I've seen this amazing, uh, I, you know, I've experienced this amazing person and I've walked with him, the Christ, and I want to share it with you. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Well, that's a good thing, right? Jesus Christ changes our life in such a dynamic way that it brings joy into our living. This world is looking for joy. They're looking for happiness. You know, and peace, right? And it, it only comes from walking with Jesus, from having Jesus inside. The, the pleasures of this world, they bring momentary happiness, but they don't bring lasting joy that bubbles up in our hearts even on a bad day. The joy that he's talking about isn't, isn't giddiness, isn't a feeling. The joy that he's talking about is the wellspring of salvation that bubbles up in our hearts even on the in the worst of times when we're really hurting we still can have the joy of the of our salvation and the joy of the holy spirit in our hearts knowing well i belong to you this is really a a hurtful spot and you know i'm really struggling where i am but we still have that joy and that's such a testimony and that's such a demonstration to others that we are we we are genuine that we are genuine and that's what shows the world that we're genuine. 
And we want to be genuine. God is looking in these days for, for hearts, for our hearts to be genuine. That we are the real deal. There's a lot of pretense in this world. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of pretense. And we want to make sure that our hearts are the real deal. God, I'm not joking here. I'm not in this for what is in it for me. I'm not, I'm not in it to get a great name for myself or fame or fortune. I'm in, I, you know, I'm, I'm in relationship with you. Right. Because I love you and I want to be real. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There's such a wonderful truth. You know, we, we, um, we, um, traverse in a world where we come in contact with darkness and with people who are full of darkness. And we feel that sometimes and we feel that, that darkness pushing on us. But we have to remember the truth that in Him is no darkness at all. And so when we feel oppressed or we feel darkness pushing in on us, We've got to do something about it because Christ lives in us, the light of the world, and we have to praise, we have to worship, get into, get in, praise drives away darkness. And you know, it's not, um, even a huge struggle because, like I've often said, I used to tell this to the children because it was easy for them to understand. When you turn the light on in the room, you don't have to run around with a broom and chase the darkness away. It goes. And so when we turn our hearts to Jesus and we say, Jesus, you live in me, this darkness has to go. It goes. You don't have to run around with a broom and stamp our feet and, and rebuke and, and go berserk. We don't because Christ is light. This is what it says here. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And so we, we have to live in that knowledge and that understanding. And will we feel the powers of darkness from time to time? Sure. Will we feel them pushing on us sometimes? Absolutely. But we have to come back to his word and say, wait a minute. In him is no darkness at all. I'm a child of the light and I walk in the light. And if I walk in the light, I have fellowship with the father and the blood of Jesus Christ. God's son cleanses me from all sin and on and on and on. You see, and, and pretty soon, we, we're conscious once again that we're walking in the light and, and, and that, that darkness has been pushed back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. There we have it. All right, so let's keep going here. My little children, these things write I to you that ye sin not. Now here we have it, okay? He's saying sin's been taken care of. Well, we've got to stop sinning. We've got to choose to stop sinning where we know we are sinning. If we're sinning in a way that we're not, we don't realize it, it's up to the Holy Spirit to show us and to check us. Because we, when we come in relationship with God, we want to please Him. And so we need to, of course, learn, know His Word, know what pleases Him and what doesn't. But if there's something that we're not doing or that we should be doing, and it's just a matter of ignorance. The Holy Spirit is faithful. It's a faithful teacher and will show us. And so we rest in that. We don't have to get all 
oh my goodness, I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, we don't, we just don't, we just can rest, okay, but we also have to make sure that we're choosing not to sin when we're tempted to, when the, when the, when the enemy puts sinful things in, in our pathway and we're tempted, we feel ourselves being tempted, that's when it's crucial that we choose not to sin. It's not that God won't forgive us, but we don't want, right, we don't want to sin. We ask that he give, give us a heart like his. David, he loved David. David was a man after his own heart, okay? So God is looking for us to be people after his own heart. And his heart hates sin because it was the cause of his son's death on the cross. That's why God hates sin. It caused his beloved son every drop of blood and death by crucifixion, which was horrible. And so we must understand that sin hurts God, hurt God. And so we must hate the same things that, you know, when you, um, when you want to be friends with someone who you think, uh, well, whether it's a husband-wife relationship, whether it's a, you know, boss employee, whether it's uh, somebody that's into influential that you feel like could benefit you, you try and find some similar ground, don't you? You try and find some some common ground. And so God is looking for us to come on common ground with him and understand his heart and 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 get his heart. And when, when we get each other's heart, we're in relationship with one another. Right, right. And that's what God's looking for. All right. And he is the propitiation for our sin and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world is our advocate, in other words. And hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments, his words. Okay. He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Here we have it again. If we say there's people out there that call themselves Christian and are living in blatant sin, well, what do you do with that? He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him. This is what you do with it. This is what it says. And our world doesn't want to hear this. Our world wants to hear, don't worry about a thing. God will forgive you. And it, he, it's true. It, it, God does forgive us. But you can't just pretend that you're a Christian and that you're in a relationship with God and willfully live in sin. It doesn't work. Right. That's As far as God's concerned, that's... That's baloney. That's not, that's not walking in truth. It, it just isn't. Okay, but whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So there you have it. You have to keep his word. You understand? This answers, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, it answers to living together. It answers to the homosexual stuff. You... God loves everyone. We know that. He loves everyone. He sent his son, Calvary's cross, to demonstrate that. But can you just keep living in sin and think you're going to be pleasing God and God is going to be okay with that? I'm sorry. It's not what, that's not what the word says. No, absolutely not. He so keeps his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. So speaking about Jesus. 
And brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. He that saith he is in light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. You see what he's saying here? The word says to love your brother. Jesus said it. Love God, love your neighbor, right? He says if you don't do that, you're walking in darkness. It's pretty clear, isn't it? In order to walk with God, there are things that we have to do. We have to follow God, the Lord's commandments. It, it, it has requirements. It comes with responsibility. It's not just, oh, you know, oh, get born again and then go live however you, however you please. That's not what the Bible teaches. Mm-mm. He that loves his brother abides in the light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not whither he goes because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. And I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. There you have it. Okay? I can't pass this verse by without thinking of my mom's father. His, this verse, for love not the world, was his, his verse. He would get up often and testify with a heavy German accent. Luff, not the world, neither the things that are in the world. <laughs> but he lived. When he got saved, he got thoroughly saved. God changed his life. When my mom started to go to Sunday school when she was a little girl, he didn't like it. Because on Sundays, he was a hardworking man. He, he, and he to want to take his family out to the, to the beach and have a day of of relaxation with his family on Sunday and he would come into the church and grab my mom and her and my uncle her brother and and drag them out and 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 take them out of church and then one day they were in a, a Christmas program and they had to go to practice and he went in to the church to because they he was picking them up and he sat down they weren't quite done and a little girl got up and sang a song in the German language, which he was, which he was, which he knew. And God spoke to him and said, "Look at what that little girl is doing for me. What are you doing for me?" And the tears started. No, and the tears started to roll down his cheeks, and he got saved. And it, and my mother, you know, saw the difference in his life um, from smoking and from. You know, playing cards with his friends and, and all different things. You know, he, but he was a true man. When he gave his heart to the Lord, that was it. He was done. He was done with the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. This was real to him. And I, he's one of the most outstanding examples to me of someone who shared his faith. When we moved, we moved when I was seven or eight years old 
to a suburb of Elizabeth where my parents were the pastors. They watched my youngest brother while, you know, we moved. And then they came. But by the time, I, I, I still remember this, by the time we moved in, he had met all of our neighbors and had shared his personal testimony with, with, with each and every one of them. So that's just, you know, and he did it in a way that was just, it was exemplary. You, you want to, you, you know, if you want, if you want to be, an, yeah, it, you want to be like that. You know, it, was, it wasn't a way that hammered you, that made you like want to run and crawl in a corner and get, and get out of there. He did it in a way that was like, wow, you know, I, I need to learn how to do that, you know. And it was genuine because he was true. He yeah. loved the Lord and his life changed when the Lord came into his life. And he was sold out for, for God from then on. And that's right, genuine. He was genuine, true blue. And so this is what God is looking for from us. Little children is the last time, as you've heard, Antichrist will come and we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have no doubt have continued with us. Here you see here too, that you know, there were some that had been with them, and they, they went out and they, 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 they didn't accept it all, you know, yeah. They might be made matter, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, you know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because you know it, and, and that no lie is of the truth. There you go. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist and denieth the Father of the Son. Some people get all hung up on this, but it's just saying that anybody, I mean, they had, don't forget, there were people that, you know, okay, John had lived with Jesus and had seen him and he knew he was the Messiah. But there were people even then that were like, nah, that, that can't be true, you know, that when Messiah comes, it's going to be like this, that, and the other thing, and they were saying, no, that, that, he, he wasn't the, oh, so, you know, again, you know, we have many, many schools of thought in our world that say, well, Jesus was a good man, but, you know, we honor him as a prophet, or as this, or that, well, those, those are antichrists, those, those are world antichrists, you know, we're, we're not waiting necessarily for some great Antichrist to 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 rise up. They're all over the place. There's there's lots of them, lots of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whosoever denieth the Son, the same has not the Father. But he acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Simple. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. For that that which ye heard from the beginning remains in you. You shall continue in the Son and the Father. Okay. Let's see. Let me just go on. But if, if ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. So there we have it. It's not only those, and Jesus said this himself. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. That's what God's looking for. A lot of people hear the word, and Jesus said this. There's a lot of, a lot of places where, where a lot of people hear the word, nod their heads, make it seem like they got it, but they don't. They don't do it, never do it. And God's looking for us to do it. It's not just about hearing it and nodding our heads. It's about it's about doing it, living it. Bottom line, God's looking for the real real deal. And that that's that is truth. Okay. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called sons of God. Incredible. It's an incredible thought. And you know, let's just look at that there because the thought that comes here um, that believers do not deliberately sin 
Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whoever abides in him sins not. Whoever sins hath not seen him, neither known him. Let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil. Hello. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. This is how we demonstrate that we are children of God. And so that's why when we, if, when we see sin in our lives, we've got to cut it out. This is the message that ye have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not like Cain. We know we've passed from death unto life. We have love for one another. That's right. My little children, let us, verse 18, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but indeed and in truth. Here again, we see John going after being real, being the genuine article, being real. God is looking for us to be real. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Okay, now let's see. Jumping down to chapter 5. Talks there also about, for this is the love of God, verse chapter 5-3. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Here's another truth that we have to understand. You know, people, people have, a religion has taught people, well, you gotta do, 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 this, 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 and that's grievous. But his commandments aren't grievous. Okay? When it's becoming grievous to follow God, you have to stop and go, wait a minute. What am I doing? What am I doing? It's not grievous to follow the Lord. His commandments are not grievous. So I have to keep that in mind. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And is the Spirit that bears witness. For there is three that bear record in heaven... The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. There's the, we have it. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. So there you have, you know, on earth in, in a court, witness who swears in, their record is taken as truth, right? So if we would believe men who are swearing in a court of law, and God says this is the way it is, God's word is more sure than any man's word, so we can bank on God's word. Um, the flesh, it's a flesh, and a, I, I think it's like, it's just like God and God is God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are body, soul, and, and spirit, the three, the, three, the three parts. Yeah, I believe we are triune just as, as, as God is. Yes. Mm-hmm. He that believeth on the Son of God has witness in himself, and he believes not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not record that God gave his Son. 
And this is the record that God has given us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And these things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's the key verse in this epistle. It's just like in John, the, the, the Gospel of John, he has a key verse. These things are written unto you that ye might know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that believing you may have life through his name. Here he also gives that explanation of what the book is about. <laughs> That's um, typical of John. And this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions we desired of him. There you have it. That's so important. You know, I've talked to you a lot about that, that we have to know that God hears us when we pray. That's his word. It's not, um, God doesn't hear my prayers because I'm not I'm not as good as her, I'm not pastor, I'm not this, I'm not that. Forget that. Flush that. That's from the devil. Right. God hears our prayers. When we pray, God hears our prayers. End the story. It's what it says. We have to just know that the answer is on the way. And we have to pray that it's able to get to us and drive back the powers of darkness that would hinder it. There are there are there are evil forces that come to hinder hinder the answers being manifested and delivered to us. That's what we have to pray against. Not, oh God, hear me, oh God, hear me, oh God, hear me. No, God hears us. He's already sent the answer. It's on the way. We have to pray, God, drive back, you know, whatever needs to be done in the spiritual realm, let let the, let the angel prevail. Let's bring in the answer. Let that answer come through to me. I know it's on the way to me. That's how we have to fight the good fight of faith. You understand? That answer's on the way. We know God hears us. When we pray, it's a fact. It's not a. It's not a hope so. And the word of our testimony. Well, it says, yeah. And he gave us the the. He gave us the armor of God, praying with all perseverance in the spirit. It's not that we should never pray for something twice. I don't mean that, and I don't want it to be misconstrued for that. Um, Sometimes, because Jesus Himself said, perseverance. You know, the the one who knocked kept on knocking and persevering. And that's okay because, you know, but again, but again, understanding that as we're persevering, we know God, God's hearing us. It's not because he doesn't hear us. There's some resistance somewhere. Something is being, being tried to, to be, there's, there's a battle, right? There's a block. There's a blockade somewhere. And we keep on saying, Lord, I know, you know, I've, I've told you this. This is, I've laid this before you. I know. You know, this is what your word says, and I, I'm just standing on that. And and he said, you know, we can persevere in prayer. I'm not trying to yeah. negate that at all, because that's God's word. But we have to know that it's, you know, it's not because he doesn't hear us that the, the answer is being delayed. It's not because he didn't hear us. He's He hears us, and when we he hears us, we have. We can. We can. That, that's another way to do it, is to start thanking him and praising him and saying thank you. I know, I know the answer's on the way. I've laid this before you. I give you thanks and honor and praise. I know you're a good God. I know you'll do, and I know you'll do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that I've asked or thought or imagined. And, and it starts to, so next week we'll go into the book of Revelation at last and check out what it says about the word. And then we will have, wow, gone through the whole book on that topic. That's amazing, huh? <laughs> Never thought when I started <laughs> that it would take us such a long time, but it's been rich, and I've been blessed by it, and I'm sure you have too. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you, O oh, our Father, for 
all, giving us your Son and allowing that sacrifice to be poured out for us at Calvary. We never want to lose sight of that. We want to walk as children of light, that you, we will be well-pleasing in your sight, that your smile will be upon us, and that we will be obedient and do what is right in your eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.